Local podcasting. It's fresher. It's healthier. It's more transparent. It's more natural. Yes, it is. You get to know your podcaster. I know that. None of those chemical additives or preservatives. Wow. No middleman to mark up the price. What's not to like? Has fewer podcast miles. <laughs> Remember, no podcast, no food. The thrill here is quicker than you'd think. The way in some jet lag bar, the pour in the wine from over their heads and sit back down again. Can we reset a few things? Yeah, yeah, because I think we've let a few things go that we need to address that um, are a little rampant and unaddressed. We as in culture. Yeah, got it. Culturally. Which is what we are. We are we are cultural representatives to the world. We're members of culture, so we count. Your voice counts. Oh, thanks. First of all, there are certain ways to do things that I think we all generally understand. Mm-hmm. And I've been shocked in the uh, swimming pool locker room that people don't understand these things. Yeah, I don't want Let to me, know about this. When one is getting dressed, is there not a standard, at least partially a standard order of how the clothing on goes? What's first? Actually, I I, I would agree with that. Putting things on top on first and being bottomsless, yes, is is just is not is not where how you want to this start is, getting dressed. Exactly. Start and and when so I say you, you want to start you skip at the, the bottom, answer. so you don't start with the socks, for instance. You start in the middle. You start in the middle. You That's right. You start in the middle. That's right. So this is widely accepted. Yeah, I, I would say this yes. is an ironclad cultural rule. Uh-huh. So what happens when people violate it? Uh, because I've been seeing way too much of that. Now, now, where does it start? Do they do they put on a hat first? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they do the. It's like a sandwich approach. They, they put on the a shirt, hat and socks. They get a shirt and yeah. then socks. Mm. And then I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah, this can't go on. That's wrong. One time when I was a camp counselor, mm-hmm. there was a kid who. Um, you know, we had the, we went to like the beach mm-hmm. and the sand, and when you when you're done swimming, you want to dry your feet off. We're familiar with the with <laughs> with going in get bodies sand of water. Off, get sand off your feet. Are you yeah. saying this because the recent episode of Everything Is Alive was with a, a grain of sand? No, I'm not saying this. I'm saying this because when he uh, he wiped his feet in the water, and then put his socks on. And then put his feet back in the water with his socks on. <laughs> then oh, put his no. shoes on and put his shoes back <laughs> in the water. Put his feet back in the water with his shoes on, and then just sat there. Mm. And uh, what my, age are we talking about? It's probably like uh, ten. Was this your friend Colin at Vassar? <laughs> <laughs> Call back. No, it was okay. not. Jen, you missed that. Mm. We yeah, were just we I were just typing with it. Colin at Vassar mm-hmm. before you came in. I, I feel more it's assured that we oh, all yeah. understand this and it's not correct in any sense to yeah. go out of order. But you want to cover the parts that are not socially acceptable to be out in the world with first. Right. And you let me just cover that first. Also, let me just say, there's no body shaming going on here. No. I, don't, I don't care what people look like. All power to them. That's sure. fine. Sure. Regardless of that, I think mm-hmm. it should be widely understood that let's let's keep it together. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think I think that's reasonable. Now, the other thing is that the, for the students, cite your sources correctly. Source your sightings. I had to go on a whole wild goose chase last week looking for an image that I'm trying to get a better uh, reproduction of. Mm-hmm. And I found the that image. Seems, that seems all of your research is trying to find an image you can get a better reproduction of. For the last two weeks, yes. I think That's all I've been doing. There's been other things. I found this image a long time ago. And now that it's at the point where I need a higher resolution one, I was like, I don't know where I got this thing. Should I Google search? I did try Google search. And I found it. I did reverse photo search. Right. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fun to reverse photo search. Yeah. And I found the journal article that the that the image was from. And I got to the article. And I had to go in through the proxy. It was like off-site. And I couldn't get it. Yeah. And then I found like mm-hmm. figure two. And I went to the citation. I was like, oh, now I can go to the source. Mm-hmm. 
because it was a low res one, res one there that wasn't going to help me. Mm-hmm. And I went to the source, and luckily it was on Google Books. The source is from like 1899. Damn. And the image wasn't there. I was like, what the hell, dude? Like whoever cited it, cited it incorrectly. He's like, here's wow. where I got this. And he didn't. And and it wasn't from there. And I was like, maybe there were like plates in it, and they didn't scan that. Yeah, maybe they didn't do the pictures. So I found other versions which had pictures, and yeah. no, it wasn't in there at all. And I called the library that had the holdings of the of the person's papers. Yeah. And they're on the hunt, and they're looking for it. Wow. So this is going on. At the same time that I looked and found the author, because they give your email address, mm-hmm. the article's from 2003. Mm. I, they had an email address, so I wrote the guy. They, hey, what's what's up with this? Yeah, and it, it's like, and I kind of crossed my fingers. didn't bounce back right away, so yeah. I was like, that's a good sign. Yeah. All while I got this phone call out to a library to try to hunt it down. They're looking through the archives to see if they can figure out where it is. Then, as this is all happening, the woman from the archives calls me back and says, we actually, we can't find it. Then I check out my email, and the note did bounce back. Oh. I was like, oh. And then, then I Googled the guy's name. Yeah. I would have done that first. I Googled his name, Obituary. No. And it came up, and he just died earlier this year. Oh, man. No. And it was a very nice obituary by his son, and he was like this famed nutritionist, and... I was like, oh, no. He wasn't very good at citing his sources, though. Right. So I guess the question is, like, do I send flowers or what? No, you call a son. Oh, shit. <laughs> Got a question. First of all, you know, sorry for your loss. Yeah, my condolences. Of course. Yes. Well, yada, yada, yada. But. Um, also, <laughs> publication 2003. Yeah. He did not cite his source correctly. Walk back And with I'm me. really in trouble here. Wow. So for the students, mm-hmm. um, you know, get those citations correct. <laughs> Today's VBP lesson. Ooh, we should start doing <laughs> a that. new segment. That, that, the, that'll that'll get the kids to listen. Right, kids don't like it. <laughs> you tell them, Ben. Okay, should we call our guest? Yeah, yeah. We can finish this later. Okay. This is episode one twenty, right? Yes. Episode one twenty. Ian Chillog. There are two Bens, one yeah. Jen, and one Simon. That's right. Yep. Okay. Well, let me let me just start. This is episode 120 of Various Breads and Butters. With me to my left is Ben Brickhouse-Cohen. I'm Simon Portmantonev. In the studio, we've got our producer this week is uh, Ben... The fourth BG. The fourth BG, uh, Gordon. Why and, can't you remember that? I don't know. Uh, I want to say Ben Sesame Street Gordon every time I do that. And uh, Jen Bon Giovanello. And our very special guest this week, he is, he was a senior producer. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I need to see him. He's former co-host of How to Do Everything. Basically what you're asking is, tell me if you don't know how to read Wikipedia yep. uh, online. Mm-hmm. And he is a current host of Everything is Alive podcast. Ian, uh, you must be thrilled to be here. I'm very excited to be here. Okay. I'm uh, a little disappointed. I seem to be the only one without a nickname. Oh, shoot. Uh, do you, what, do you want a nickname? We can rectify that. I mean, I mean, we can see what happens over this conversation, and then maybe you could pick one that makes sense at the end. Okay. Yeah, that'll be the first time. I mean, the easy thing would, would, go, would, would go with chill, but I don't, I don't know where to go yeah. with that. Yeah. 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 We... I've had, I've seen Chili Dog before. Oh. So. Chili Dog, Chillog. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be yeah. pretty good. You've oh. seen? What do you mean? You've seen that before, or you've been called that before? Uh, both. Yes. Okay. Did you... I would say there is one slight cor- correction to your intro. I'm still technically a senior producer on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I, I still work for them a couple days a week. Oh, man. So wow. I'm not fully I'm, left. But... So, so that wasn't a scoop that you're leaving the show? 
<laughs> no, okay, but you wouldn't no. be the first first one to make that mistake. Okay, so. Simon, do you want to do your homonym based joke? What's my homonym? Simon has about. Wait, wait, don't tell me. I, I don't. I don't know. What you it don't is. remember your own stupid joke? No, I don't. All right, I'm going to pretend. Yeah, Ian, please. This do is it. in the voice of. This is Ben, but I'm going to speak this as if I was Simon. Okay. Um, uh, and I, you'll correct me, Simon. Yeah, yeah. Were you previously the senior producer for the show? Height, height. Don't tell me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. Is that homonym based? I guess it is. Yeah, it's a two-level thing. Mm -hmm. This is going to get cut out because it was so terrible. Homonym-based jokes don't work in audio format. No, they don't usually. Plus, you have to do two things there. You have to change the way you spell wait, wait. Mm -hmm. Then you have to leap from weight to height. I still admit that when I'm waiting at one of those crosswalks that they have have the voice prompt for people who are uh, visually impaired where it says wait. I, I always wait, height, wait. Height. That's what I do. You're still going with this. <laughs> I do. No, but I do that at, at, at the crosswalk. Okay. It makes me I, happy. I feel like there's going to be kind of a inverted bell curve to this that while, you know, or it started out usable. Yeah. I think the longer we go, it's definitely unusable at this point. <laughs> right. But if we just keep digging in, we're eventually going to get to the other side and it, it might be usable again. I think that's true. That's usually how our podcast is. That's go. the ethos here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I was fascinated by the um, build a title fashion of your shows where, um, let's see if we can anticipate your next, the next show that you, that you do. <laughs> the wait, wait, don't tell me how to do everything is alive. Because mm. you could just do the first two. Wait, wait, don't tell me how to do everything. Yeah, that that that's legit, right? You mm-hmm. can say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then how to do everything is alive. You were tired that day. You had a pitch meeting. You could only come up with two words, so you just took one that already existed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like the sentence could conceivably work. Um, imagine like there's been some kind of let's just say nuclear event, mm-hmm. and then everything survives, and the sentence is wait, wait, don't tell me how to do. No, it doesn't work. Yeah, no. I thought it might work. I was going to put could, a comma somewhere in it to make it work, and I couldn't it, find it. You could save it if you added something to the end. Like, I don't know what the next show is. Wait, wait, don't tell me ev- how to do everything is alive. Alive and kicking, alive and uh, alive, the Pearl Pearl Jam podcast. All we do is talk about songs from their album Alive. Well, or, or Ian, you could be doing uh, Everything is Alive for the next, you know, I don't know how old you are, but for the next 70, 80 years, and you don't need another one after that. So he, maybe, maybe, maybe this solution. is it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're done. Um, now, Guys, now I'm worried that there's not going to be anything usable here. I'm I'm worried. No, you don't you don't understand the level of quality of our show. Obviously, <laughs> um, this is all usable. Well, so everything is live is relatively new. Can you tell folks listening what it's about and how how it goes? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the basic premise is it's me uh, interviewing inanimate objects, mm-hmm. um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it hopefully does more than that, but that's the elevator pitch. There you go. We have some questions to ask before that. Simon jumped ahead. Oh, sorry. But I was going to have you correct to say the, the new smash hit, Everything is Alive. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's it's um, highly rated and widely recommended. Mm-hmm. Uh, when one of yeah. us was doing background research for this, which we do copious amounts of, Duns. Um, there were just a lot of stories about Everything is Alive. Yeah. Yeah, that's been that's been a very nice surprise. I didn't expect it. I thought people would like it. I didn't think this that many people would like it, but I'm certainly happy they do. Well, we'll return back to that. Simon is going to lead you through the abridged version of the journey question because ostensibly we are a college-based show, mm-hmm. and sometimes we remember that and ask questions which are related to colleges and education yeah. to appeal to our benefactors. 
and pay for studio time. <laughs> okay. So, Ian, uh, did, did you go to college? First question. I did. And I what did. college was that? I went to Swarthmore College near oh. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There you go. Another um, PA-based school. I think we've heard a of it. Very tiny PA-based school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And what did you? Uh, what was your major there? I was uh, sociology and anthropology and studio art. Oh, so double major. Yeah, it was a double major, and then I think became a major minor situation. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, what were some of your What were some of your most memorable classes? Not necessarily to do with your major that you did there. Huh. That's a fun question. I actually like the. I think the class I think about the most mm-hmm. weirdly was a class on human evolution. Uh, it was like a pa- paleo anthropology class, mm-hmm. which I just, I don't know. I don't know why I think about it as much as I do. Oh. Did it have that poster in the background of the, like the ape to man walking? You know, I think that they did. They didn't actually have that poster. They're... So I don't know how that story ends. <laughs> A really good class. I remember called nations and nationalism, mm-hmm. which was a sociology class. I remember liking that a lot. So were you doing radio stuff while at college? I had a college radio show, okay. uh, which was really terrible. Wow. Um, well, are there recordings of it? We know about that. Uh, there may be recordings about it. My co-host is a guy, Christian O'Toole, who mm-hmm. I think had some cassettes of it, um, which may still be out there. But um, it was really awful. Well, what I, was what was it about generally? Or was it just like music and stuff? We would mostly play music, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we would talk between the songs. Uh, to Like I remember someone calling in mm-hmm. and telling us to stop talking and return to music. <laughs> wow. It was, it was that kind of show. But at least wow. somebody was listening. Yeah. Yeah. Did I do you... remember we figured out that there was one Sonic Youth song that mm-hmm. was, I think, nine minutes long. And we figured out that that gave us enough time. We could put that song on, run across campus to a party, fill up a, a two-liter bottle from the keg and bring it back to the studio wow. before the song was over. Wow. You could have also, you could have played the trapeze swinger iron wine after that. And that would be another nine minutes. You could actually stay at the party for a little bit and have a, have yeah. a chat. Is it, it would have been on? better for everybody. Yeah. Well, I think most of my questions are recording based. So beyond college radio, um, how do you, I mean, this will all lead eventually to how did you get everything as alive together? Because I love the show. But how did you get the other shows together? Like, how do you get to work on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? How does somebody go into NPR? So I did a lot of photography work in college and then um, tried to do that professionally afterward, but was kind of interested in doing long-term documentary projects in photography, which um, is not a way to pay the bills. So while I was doing that, I started volunteering at the NPR affiliate in Philadelphia, WHYY, also not a way to pay the bills, but started essentially realizing that radio was a way to tell the same kinds of stories that I wanted to tell in photography, but that people would actually hear because, you know, no one buys the magazines or goes to the galleries where still documentary photography gets shown. But radio, all you need is a radio and you can be in the middle of a cornfield and hear it um so i don't know it felt like a way to transition the things i was thinking about into a more practical medium and just kind of hung around whyy and worked on everything i could and tried to turn down any jobs that didn't feel like any tasks that didn't feel like they were what i wanted to be doing which is a really annoying thing for an intern or volunteer to do (laughs) <laughs> and but I, I did it. 
And eventually what? I got a job on Fresh Air. I was going to um, say, what did Terry Gross say about all this? Yeah, I when she needed me to do something, I did not say no to it. Um, and that was a really great experience and learned so much from working there. And from there, I went to an NPR show that was starting in New York called The Bryant Park Project, which was a really great collection of producers, and I learned a lot there. And then that show got canceled. What was that show about? Uh, it was like a morning news show with a slightly uh, looser, kind of younger vibe than Morning Edition. It, it was a rigorous journalism, but um, also kind of weird and experimental. Yeah, so it definitely it got canceled. Uh, and then the day it got canceled, Mike Danforth, the executive producer now of Wait Wait, called and said, "Hey, I've been." you know, watching the things you're doing at Bryant Park, do I saw that you just got fired. Wow. Would you like would you like to come here? Did he have so. like a Google alert on who gets fired? <laughs> he was just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he maybe yeah. he got the show canceled. Trying to steal you away. Have you <laughs> yeah. ever asked about that? Sabotage. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. did that did you have to go to Chicago to do that? Yeah. And I was uh, I really love I'm New sorry, York did you has... get to go to Chicago to do that? <laughs> uh yeah, I did. Um I took a little while and was working remotely for them from New York, just sitting in on meetings over the phone and writing jokes. And um, and then eventually it just suddenly seemed like a really good idea. So I moved out there and, yeah, did it for seven, eight years. So what uh, when you're writing jokes for them, are you writing it for the panelists? Are you writing it for the host? Are you doing the structure of the show? Are you making up the, the fake answers? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, not writing anything for the panelists. They're, they're all ad lib. Um, but writing a lot for Peter Sagal. And, um, I mean, he, a lot of what he does is off the cuff too, but there's a, we think of it as like, um, a safety net. Like we have a script that is the jokes that if you were, were to only hit those jokes, it would be an okay show. Um, but the show d- gets really good when it's improvised and we use very little of that. But so, yeah, writing the jokes, the fake answers, all that. Uh, also, a lot of what I eventually did there and still do is just kind of thinking about what our take should be on a story. That's really important. Not just sort of the one liners, but sort of what we're actually saying about whatever story we're talking about. Because without that, the jokes feel pretty empty. Well, and uh, I guess somewhat of a side point, man, Ben could be really advancing his producing skills now. Like, Ben, you've <laughs> never done any writing for us. We don't have any backdrop or, or safety net. Mm-hmm. Our producers, they run the equipment. I think we're in a constant state of freefall. I think that would be that would be good. All right, so um, I don't want to forget because um, before Everything's Alive, which is top-tier favorite show of mine, um, How to Do Everything was top tier favorite show of mine for a long Hell, time. You got a super fan right. right here. I know. I even was on once. I was very. It's a highlight of That's my right. radio call in life. Something about soccer. Something about soccer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember the episode number. But it was something about soccer. Do you remember any? I can't remember. Tell me the. It was. It was probably one of the in, in your last six months or so. Okay. Soccer dad question of I seem to be outpaced by all the other dads on the side of the soccer field who. Uh, I think understood lingo or knew how to talk about what was happening in the game. And I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not an idiot. Like I know, I know how to play soccer. I know the sport, but they just seem to be a higher degree of, of insight or, or slang. And so I was asking for advice on what I could say 
so that I sounded like I was in the know mm-hmm. too. And you got uh, some, I think, uh, some British oh, yeah, that's announcer. Right. Yeah, probably one of the Men in Blazers guys. Yeah, yeah. he was is, um, a bulge in the old onion bag. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I think yeah. we titled the episode that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You know, and I, so I've done it. Oh, that's great. Now, uh, because we trapped you on uh, for this uh, moment here, I did have a prior question that uh, I wasn't able to land, although I think we were back and forth a few times, but oh. then I just never got called. So between well, the five of us, I want to ask it now. Okay. My kids who are now 16 and 13, I think at the time they were probably 13 and 10. And I was astonished that air guitaring is not a natu- natural skill because they were so objectively bad at air guitaring. Hmm. And I was looking for help. Like, were how they, do you Were teach? they hitting the wrong notes? Like, what are you... I don't <laughs> they understand. Just, they didn't seem to... I mean, they'd seen guitars, but when they put their hands to do the air guitaring, it was like... It didn't seem to have any relationship to where one's hands would be on a guitar. Wow. And I know that I can't... People in the studio can see me, but they would just like have their hands in weird places in the air as if they thought that the essential thing here is that my hands are in the air, mm-hmm. not that they're playing a guitar. So they're hitting the wrong word. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I thought you guys might be able to help and we yeah. never got to it. And I didn't, I didn't give you any um, prep on this, but you don't have the expert, but can you, do, are you willing to help me now? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I don't know how we didn't end up doing it. I mean, I don't mean to say I have an answer. Mostly, I just I just want to understand what that air guitar looks like. <laughs> they were doing an air cello, maybe? They were... <laughs> you know, it just seemed like it was... Their, let's say the left hand is supposed to be on the um, the neck. I'm not going to give the words. And the right hand wasn't strumming. It was more like up on their chest. Yeah, but, if, but sometimes when people play bass... It's like a ukulele, maybe. Or, maybe it was air ukulele. Maybe... If they were, I guess if they had been older, they could have defended themselves. But we were doing air ukulele. Actually, wait a second. Ben Ben uh, is a bass player. Ben, when yes. you when you play bass, sometimes you see bass players way up here playing bass, right? Like way up. Right, I, they're so, holding so the I, bass up much higher. I'm actually wait. So for the for the yeah, listeners, but I think I'm up are... near your like scapula. Scapula is that is that, is that a, a thing? thing? Is that a thing? Near your neck. Near your neck. Just um, sometimes neck. they hold. Sometimes the bass players hold that. Up. Not really as much guitar. Okay. But bass players, uh, I, I guess. But it could have been air. They could have been playing air bass, not air guitar. Is what I'm saying. I, uh, I mean that guy in the Strokes. That's how he plays the bass. That's what I was thinking. I think. <laughs> I, mean, I just feel like if you took any footage of like Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. and you remove the guitar from that, you'd be like, that guy does not know how to air guitar. Like what he's on Ooh. his back. This sounds he's like a project, speech. Ian. Do you know people that can do good? at video editing that could take a classic Jimi Hendrix set and just edit out the guitar and just see how that would look. Is that like unphotoshopping? Yeah, unphotoshopping or something, but yeah. un, but like unvideo shopping, really. It's just like a guitar delete filter yeah. in Photoshop. Yeah, you know people. That would look good. Can you get people on that? Or put, put the entire bu- public broadcasting corporation <laughs> on that if you don't mind. I have an alternative oh. idea. Okay. On a subsequent episode or season of Everything is Alive, if you do interview a guitar, mm-hmm. ask them. That's a good. That's a good point. Ask them. Yeah. Okay. Is that a? Fair? I have been thinking about. I haven't been thinking about guitar mostly because I have been thinking about saxophone because mm-hmm. I feel like any instrument you put your mouth on has a lot more a lot to of talk about. A lot of yeah. stories. That's got to. That's got to be a hard one. Mm-hmm. The halitosis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. The, yeah. the the big the big uh comeback in the late eighties has to be on every single song or had to be a sax solo. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. good times. Good I don't times. know. I guess we'll look forward to that one. Yeah, I guess we will. <laughs> so that allows us the quick segue to, to ask your original question, Simon. Mm-hmm. How did you actually get the idea for the show, and how do you orchestrate it? Like, do you pick the actors who seem to be comedians <laughs> or actors, and do you coach them, or do you just let them bring whatever they're going to bring? Like, how does it? How do you do this? Yeah, well, I I'm still figuring out how to do it. But basically what we do is our producer, Jennifer, she's kind of in charge of our casting and finds they are mostly comedians or improvisers. And what we're always looking for is someone who is funny, but doesn't need to be funny all the time. Because I don't think of the show as a comedy show. Um, It's a show that, you know, can be funny and that I want to be funny. But my goal is just that it feels immersive and that it feels real that you're hearing from one of these things so kind of being able to communicate authenticity is the main thing and then be funny from time to time um but in terms of prep once they're cast and we we've picked an object for them i get on the phone with them for 20 minutes a couple days before the actual interview and we just talk about basic character notes like is your lego brick a optimistic Lego brick or a pessimistic Lego brick. And then questions like, what is it about the thing you are? Um, what is it about Lego brickness that would, what would that do to your personality? Would you, you know, would you always be trying to collaborate? Cause you're only good when you're connected to other people or other bricks. Are you worried about what people think of you? Cause you've heard so many people scream when they step on you. And we don't even in that, first conversation we don't even really answer those questions it's just a way to get the actor thinking about who they are when they're the thing and then yeah we get into a studio and they don't know what i'm going to ask and i don't know what they're going to say and it really for from my part it really feels like doing an interview with a person and yeah we go a long time and edit a lot and then there's the show i i like the uh the authenticity part like it's a good way to set it up because it is a can of cola ever going to like call in and call you out on it. Mm. Like that's not actually, <laughs> you know, I got, we got some fan mail from a grain of sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really yeah. Questions. So many of credibility. them too. Well, I just think it's like, it's really easy to hear pretending. And I think the second, I hate hearing pretending. I hate hearing when people play on the radio. Like I hate, I hate anything when the person talking thinks they know something that you don't. I think that's really, it really excludes the audience. Um, and, and I think that a part of that is never hearing that the person is pretending to be something they're not. And there are all these ways that you can communicate that. And so the show kind of, the more authentic they are, the more a person listening feels included in the conversation. Yeah, if that makes sense, it does. It's uh, it strikes me that um, because it's so it's it's dry and straight, which is one of the reasons yeah. I really like it. I, you know, it's not comedy, but I find it very humorous. Mm-hmm. And you have a great degree of, of patience, um, I guess, in the audience and in whoever's doing the story, just to let it be what it is. Yeah, and I think that that's um, that's it's hard to do that, you know, because whenever you're making anything, you want to you want to make sure that whoever is listening to it 
gets what you're trying to communicate to them. But you never want to be telling them what you're trying to communicate. Like you want to, it's the more subtle you can be with whatever you're trying to communicate, the more, the better the thing is. And so being able to trust that people will get what you're doing, that takes a lot of discipline, I think. And, you know, I work on other shows where that's a, that's a constant conversation. Like, well, how will they know that we're joking if we don't hear a laugh? Mm. But I think a joke is so much funnier if if it's not signaled with laughter or if you don't need laughter to signal it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I generally, I mean, I think it is a rule on every show I work on that the only laughter you should ever hear is if someone absolutely couldn't help it. Because like if you listen to any comedy radio or any public radio pledge drive, you will hear so much performative, aggressive laughter. And often it's like it's at jokes that if that person told that joke in real life, mm-hmm. no one would laugh. But it's just it's like part of keeping the ball in the air. Yeah. And that that's very important. But for the kinds of things I make, which are not, you know, at that level of energy, I think and yeah, unless it is absolutely impossible not for the person not to laugh at what they laughed at, I cut it out. That's reasonable. Yeah, it's plus it's a it's a pretty good segue because we're not very good at any of that. Um, but <laughs> but we have a part on our show if we do a quiz, which coincidentally, um, two episodes ago we did a quiz, and then the next day our guest said, "Did you steal that quiz from Wait Wait Don't Tell Me?" Because it was very similar to something that that uh, you had done, but that won't be the case this uh-huh. time. This is the real or not quiz. We all play. So Simon goes first, then uh, Jen or intern answers, then Ben producer, and then you get to go last because you'll have the putative advantage. The quiz is usually something about the world that you're in, the guest is in. We do a first test. This is the mic check just to get a sense of what the quiz is like. So these are all, this is the real or not thing. Are these real public radio shows or not? Ooh. Oh, this is fun. Mm. So here, this is the nature I, of the quiz. I'm more a private radio show listener anyway. <laughs> First one, Ian, even though we've done, I don't know, we're on episode 120, Simon still doesn't get how this works. So the first one is always the easy one, just to make sure we know what's going on. I'm getting so to So number one, Car Talk. Car Talk. Now, Simon, is Car Talk, this is a real public radio show or not? Even in this case, even if it's no longer being produced, we know. Got it. I think. Past I, or present. I'm going to say yes. Simon says yes. 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 Car Talk is slash was a public radio show. Now, what Jen, do, what do you think? What do you think, Jen? I say yes. Okay. Ben? ben? I think it's not really a great mic check question if you had to preface it with it's not being produced anymore. Mm-hmm. But yes, I've listened to Car Talk in, in the car many times. Okay. Yes. And right. Ian, Car Ian, Talk? What do you think? Uh, de- definitely, definitely a show, yes. All right. Yes. Okay, so, so, so we all understand how Everybody feels good. Now. Everybody yeah. got it right. Yeah. I even got picked on by producer Ben mm-hmm. for not knowing how to do my own quiz. Okay. He's right. Mm-hmm. All right, now we'll move on to the heavy hitters. Okay, here we go. Uh, number two, a real public radio show or not? Bullseye. Bullseye. That was a Marvel Marvel villain. Um, Did not a, know that. Yeah, I think I believe uh, the Daredevil. Um, he was a he was a uh, an enemy of Daredevil. He was concentric circles. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say no because it, you can't have both of those things at once. What mm-hmm. do you think, Jen? Um, I'm not sure. I'll say no. Ben, what do you think? Uh, this seems like a quiz where everything could be yes. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say yes. Okay, Ian. What do you think? Bullseye. It it is definitely definitely yeah. a public radio show with Jesse Thorne, but he was also a nemesis of Daredevil. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> but you thinking that I would know that, I think is that's yeah. where the humor is. Well, like, we well how would how would I know that? Well, we never know where you would, you get your answers from. So. Bullseye is a great show. It used mm. to be called The Sound of Young America. It was like one of the first podcasts that I would listen to. No, oh, okay. 
Um, I really appreciate it. Okay. All right. The next one. Yeah. Uh, by the way, our guest is is hundred percent two for two. Yeah. All right. Next smog. Smog. Oh God. Just by Ben's reaction, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no because there's a the play other on, Ben thinks everything's a yes. There's a play on words here. I'm gonna say no. What do you think, Jen? Um, I'll say yes. Okay, Ben. Smog. I'm just I'm trying to think what it's about. And 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 this could be local like um, Arizona public radio. I assume, right? Uh, ostensibly, it could be. Okay, so you could. There's okay. a lot of public radio. Could, could be it, anything. Could it be a show on our on on WJRH Lafayette College Radio? Is that uh, public radio? It could be. Sure. If I knew of one. Eh, it's not. That's okay. not real. So not real. What do you think, Ian? Smog. Is it Smog S-M-O-G? Yes. Then no, it is not a show. Oh, he's correct. It's three for three. Now, now, but yeah. you know what, Simon? What? Fresh air is. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Ian, were you thinking S-M-A-U-G as in the desolation of? Yeah, I just uh, wanted to be clear okay, about what God. I was answering. <laughs> no, be I was very specific. I just wanted to get it show. in case fresh air hadn't come up. I wanted to make sure to get a Got it. fresh air reference. In. Okay. All right. The next one is Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger. I think that's a children's television show. I'm going to say no. What do you mm-hmm. think? Um, I'll say no too. Okay. You think that keeps it out? It can't be a, a radio show. I don't think they're they're, they're going to have. They're, it's not it's not a multimedia type. There's never the multimedia concept doesn't even exist. There couldn't be. No, I think I think public radio is more unimedia, monomedia. So, um, Daniel Tiger, no. What, what is that? Right, there you go, Ian. What do you think? <laughs> okay, does it have to be a public radio show, or could it be a podcast? It could be a podcast. Is it a public radio podcast? Oh, Ben's confused now. He's like, what is he? What is he <laughs> oh, talking no. about? No. I need to do more work. This is tough because I'm. I think yeah, it is a children's television show. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they possibly have a spinoff podcast. Oh, I get it. Oh, but I'm. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say you're, no. you're correct. It's a no. Yeah, I know that this came up on the show before, but I don't think we've spent enough time talking about how much I appreciated the Mister Rogers documentary that uh-huh. I saw this summer. Oh, okay, I just wanted to have a space to bring that back up. And Ian, with, did with you see Daniel that? Tiger? A, a good buddy of mine worked on it. Oh. Um, yeah, I loved it and. I made I'm not a big crier, but I cried two distinct times during the course of that film. Yeah, I think that was one. the general the general consensus is that yeah. if you're not a crier, you will be when you watch this movie. I should it's about time. I should watch it probably every six months. Uh, I probably. think the last time we talked about it is mm-hmm. that when you leave, you get that sensation of the world could be a better place. Mm-hmm. To which you said, "How long did that last?" Yeah, it's like, well, that's why you keep rewatching it. Mm-hmm. All right, I have another one. Okay, pickle, pickle, pickle. I bet, I bet some, somewhere in the Ozarks, there's a public radio show about pickling things. <laughs> so I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. Maybe not in the Ozarks. Arkansas somewhere. public radio? Sure. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Jen? Um, I'll say yes. Okay. And what do you think, Ben? Um, it makes me think of the pickle guys on the Lower East Side. It's got to be yes. It's great mm, pickles. Okay. And what do you think, Ian? Pickle. I, I, I th- I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say yes. But do you all think it's about pickles? I, I don't know. Is it about a person? It, it is set? yes. It's a yes. It's a yes. It's a children's show. It's a WNYC children's show. About? About like curious kids and they talk to kids about stuff. Just what like did, general what, format. Where do pickles cute. come into it? I don't know. It's just a funny word. It's Wasn't that... there like a children's reading program called Sweet Pickles? Yeah, I remember that from school. Do you remember pickles? that? I can remember the, the, the logo. Sweet pickles is... are great. They would say that in the ads. Yeah. This that. is like the Heinz Maybe lobby. this is next generation. Yeah, the Heinz letter, yes. Today's show is sponsored by Heinz. Yeah. Um, how about individual medley? 
Individual medley. Is Simon, a play individual on medley. Word. Is this I'm, an NPR radio show? No, because it's a play on words that I can't quite get right now. What do you think, Jen? Um, do you think it's a play on words? I'm going to say no. Simon generally plays the quiz maker, not the quiz. That's usually a successful strategy. Ben. What do you think, Ben? Yes. Okay. And Ian? It really sounds like one. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say yes. Oh, it's no. I finally got you. Uh, uh, why? I just what? couldn't get swimming out of my mind because Mr. Rogers would swim a mile every day, according to that documentary. Uh-huh. And I was swimming today. Yeah. And I was thinking about this before I came over to the show. Okay. I thought that'd be a great title for like a swimming. Wait. Podcast. Wh- wait. What was the title? Individual medley. Individual medley. Oh, I thought you meant like singing and stuff like yeah, that. Same. Yeah. Same. Nope. I didn't say melody. I said well, medley. I know, but medley is also part of song. I don't know. It's just swimming based. Okay. Which to yeah. me was also Mr. Rogers based. Do you have one more question? Oatmeal. Oatmeal. That'd be a good... Last question on the quiz. Oatmeal. Oatmeal. Good breakfast podcast. Or a breakfast uh, public radio show. I'm going to still say no. No oatmeal for me. What do you think, Jen? I'll say yes. Why? You like it? Yeah, I I don't know. I I think I trust that it exists somewhere. All right. right. There you go. What do you think, Ben? Uh, Pickle and oatmeal. Pickle. Now, maybe I'm just... I sort of like pickles more than oatmeal. As weird as that sounds, okay. I'm I'm gonna say no. Ian, oatmeal is that a pot? Is that a public radio show? I'm gonna say no. Yeah, it's a no. But I'll tell you what happens here. Oh God! I took a cue from you, Simon. Oh. I did a two-layer hominem-based thing mm-hmm. because there's not oatmeal, but there is cereal. Oh yes, that's right. So if you spell cereal the uh, the food way, I get it. Then it made me think of oatmeal. I get it. You all need subtitles. On your show. Uh, there's the, the, there goes the comedy of the hominem, hominem-based comedy. That's what, you, that's what you don't understand, Ian. Now, just let us stick to the podcast. <laughs> let us figure this out. But no subtitles on our podcast. You want to keep your Where would they even low. go? So, Ian, uh, we're, we're going to let you go soon, but you have to answer one question. If you had to pick one day of the week that's your favorite, would it be Friday or would it be Sunday? I have to choose between, sorry. Friday, Friday and Sunday. And sunday so fr- so so just to just to go into it sunday most most people are off on sundays you're gaming and then you can't i'm just asking and people aren't off on fridays and so why what you know which one do you like best i i think i generally prefer fridays okay yeah now explain that so again certainly probably at least in part of your life you were friday was a work day sunday was a not work day and you're, you're picking the work day well the reason i chose it is they're both work days mm. At this point in my life. Okay. Um, and Sunday is the one that is closer to my deadline. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, when you yeah. when, when you were in school, do you if you can think back, were you a Sunday or Friday person? Probably also a Friday person. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have a follow-up to that, Simon? I do. Um, and this is just based on science, but are do you like black licorice or not? Uh, not really. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have a strong opinion about it, which I know is weird when it no, comes that's to okay. black liquor. We're going to take that as a no. Because We're going to take it as a no. Yeah, it checks out. Our our data indicate that Friday people um, are less preferable of black licorice than Sunday people are. So. We're gonna oh, we're gonna add that. How to big's your sample size? Thousands. Actually, it is thousands. <laughs> it is no, thousands. We, we've done like like Ben Ben did uh, used to do a a candy hierarchy for for Boing Boing. One of one of the things we collected was data on Friday Sunday preferences and licorice preferences, and there was a significant correlation. You claim there was. I did. I did. Simon is a statistician, so he claimed I, there was a I significant. Have. And this was several years ago, and now we we've generalized as one does, mm-hmm. where 
Sunday people like black licorice and Friday people don't. Yes. And, so, and, and Friday people outnumber Sunday people two to one as well. Just, just if you want to, uh, you're in you the know, majority. Yeah. You're in the majority. Can I tell you a theory that I'm working on some please, data that I've been collecting? Please. <laughs> yes. I have found it, uh, in my research to be true mm-hmm. that 100% of, uh, romantic couples, mm-hmm. one partner is, uh, always late and one partner is always on time. Oh, interesting. And there's never two tardy people. There's never two punctual people. It's, it's always a mix. That's wow. true in my case. Is that no. true for you, Simon and Jen? Um, I think in, di- uh, not, I don't know. I think in, in different circumstances it can be. It's definitely true for us. Yeah. Any earliness or lateness is related to my upbringing where my mom was, was consummate, just always early to things, like way early. Like if it was five minutes away, she'd have to leave a half an hour early and we're getting to a birthday party and the kid was just getting out of the bath. And I think I've told a story before. It's not, it was not, not good. So now I actually pull back from being too early to things, not to the point that I'm late, but I certainly don't want to be too early. Again, though, this is not your therapy session. Thank you. Um, Ian, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you taking out the time. If you want to um, listen to Ian's podcast, you can go to everythingisalive.com and um, you can listen to it there. You can go on iTunes, I assume. Yeah, of course. You can go You can go anywhere to find it. Uh, do you, you can have, follow it on Twitter at Ian Shillog. That's true. All, the, all that is true. Good. <laughs> I got <laughs> your, it. Yes. Your story checks out. Um, if, you, if you would like to follow us you can follow us at some later date uh you can email us at various spreads and butters at gmail.com um you can follow us on facebook although we're not doing that anymore but twitter at some later date is really the place to go ian are you appearing anywhere you want to talk about anything you're doing um anytime soon that something you might be doing in november or december that you want people to know about how about that election (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a lot of things happened there sure were were a lot of events things (laughs) happened outcomes yes yep I both expected it to be like this and had no idea it was going to be like this. That's usually how it works. <laughs> right. uh, ben, do you have any places you're going to be? I, I do not. I've okay. canceled my appointment at the Chuckle Hut okay. down in Stone Mountain. Okay. I guess we're good then. Yeah, I think that's all. Ian, thanks thanks again for for being here. And um, uh, again, listen <laughs> listen to Everything as a Live podcast wherever podcasts are sold. Okay. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for being on. Headphones off. Headphones off. Uh, so wait, so what, so wait, what were you saying before we were so rudely interrupted by our show? <laughs> I think we can pursue the question that I was talking about a couple of days ago. Yeah. About sports literacy. Uh-huh. And we can, and Jen can be our fact checker here. Okay. We've dabbled with it for many episodes, dozens, scores of episodes. Sure. Questions of cultural literacy. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been careful in the past to, to make sure that it wasn't about uh, the expectation that everybody has the same degree of cultural awareness because that just depends on which culture you're talking about absolutely there's not one universal standard there's not a monoculture correct so like give everybody their own experience their own backgrounds and recognize that you don't know everything from their life they don't know everything from yours i like that yeah you should run for office one happy world Mm -hmm. okay so that's your basis yeah even so even so let's let's even so when we're talking about sports Mm -hmm. as an example of culture oh yeah i have uh, I guess I wasn't aware that I had certain expectations. Of I'm, I'm recalling basic, the conversation now. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I wasn't aware that I had certain expectations of basic cultural literacy mm-hmm. 
but I encountered, uh, I had a conversation with mm-hmm. a student, mm-hmm. which threw me, and this has been a couple of weeks and I'm still trying to mull it over because mm-hmm. I don't know what it means. We were talking in a small talk, and the student is from Massachusetts, from the Boston area, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that um, that must be nice because the Red Sox are having such a great year. Mm-hmm. And the student said, oh, is there a season about to start? Jen, are you a sports fan of any sort? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, as a fellow non-sports person, that would probably be like my reaction to like. Okay. Well, Ben, what do you think? Well, I was sort of raised in a, a very sports-following family, mm-hmm. especially baseball. Both of my grandpas were very big Brooklyn Dodgers fans. So if someone said, "Oh, the Red Sox," it's is, November. Is, is there it's late October starting now? I would be like, uh, "That's not." No, it, it's the end of the season yeah. and the World Series. Blah, 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 but Jen, you know? do you do you have a sense of when the baseball season is, even if you're not a sports fan? Vaguely. <laughs> you don't maybe. have to pretend. You don't have to pretend. Okay, in that case, no. Okay. Well, but if you had a choice between winter or summer. Okay, fair. <laughs> so Simon, you thought mm-hmm. that it might be that this person didn't know that the Red Sox that the Red baseball. Sox were a baseball team, yeah. which is a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that more okay? I don't know. Jen, as not a sports like fan, did you did likely. you know the Red Sox were, were a baseball team? Yes. Okay. Okay. That is probably less likely, I would I would think. Especially if you're from Massachusetts. Yeah. You would think that would be mm-hmm. the case. Yeah, maybe if you're like from Montana or something and you're not a, and you're not a baseball fan, mm-hmm. then why would you have any sense of like what the Red Sox were? Mm-hmm. But, uh, let's say this. In terms of when they play and all that stuff. Like, you know, basketball is sort of overlaps with the hockey season almost and you know, basketball, you can play outside. But generically, you don't have to know that they're called the boys of summer. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't expect that yeah. level of detail. Glenn Fry do that? Is that him? Let's no, check Don out. Henley. Don Henley. You got the wrong well, eagle. I, well, th- that, that's it, though, right? I, I picked the wrong eagle. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I guess I'm just asking if people are aware of what baseball is. I don't know okay. if that's resolvable. No, I don't know. I think young people don't know anything about baseball anymore. And kids these days are crazy. You're so... (laughs) You're not old. Can you hear me? me? Colin, can you hear them? NPR personalities. Hey Siri, did Lisa Left Eye Lopez die? April 2002, Lisa Left Eye Lopez died. Talk on? Ooh, I sound like a robot. I sound like a robot. <laughs> this is. Oh shit, you, t- you turned off the robot sound. Are we good? Do you I need think, anything else? I th- no, I think we're good. That was very nice. Yeah.